Monday it is. My goodness, it's gorgeous outside. Here in St. Louis, it's cool and the breeze is a-blowing. But man, the sun is out and the air is just crystal clear and it is beautiful. Hi everybody, this is Bob Bro. Welcome to the Best Old Time Radio Podcast. This is for Monday, March 29th, 2021. And usually I uh, get up, Chester and I get up very early in the morning. I'm usually recording this at about 5 o'clock in the morning. But I have the week off. So what I am doing is barely getting it in under the deadline of 4 o'clock Central Time. It, as I record this, it is 3.25 p.m. <sighs> to be off. Isn't it wonderful? Anyway, I hope you're having a great Monday or had a great Monday so far. And uh, I hope you're looking forward to a great week. On Mondays, we play an old-time radio comedy, and we have an episode of Fibber McGee and Molly coming up, and we'll tell you all about it in just a minute. So relax, stretch out, uh, maybe get a little snack, a little something to drink, and please let the cares of the day drift away, because we are going to come right back at you with this week's old-time radio comedy in just a moment. week's Comedy Corner, we're going to visit the good folks at 79 Wistful Vista. That would be the residence of Fibber McGee and Molly McGee. And the episode that we're going to listen to now was first broadcast on NBC on January 15th, all the way back in 1945. So World War II was still going on, and there's some reference to this. Notice at one point, Molly compares butter to uh, find gems. <laughs> That's how valuable butter was during the uh, rationing of the war years. The name of this episode is uh, Buried Treasure Map. And uh, naturally, Fibber finds a treasure map. And what is he going to do with it? 
he is going to go hunt for the buried treasure. The only problem is the treasure is buried on the property of Mr. and Mrs. Carstairs. And Mrs. Carstairs later was replaced by Mrs. Uppington. Mrs. Carstairs was played by B. Benaderet, who was just such a classic old-time radio actress, character actress, lots of different voices. And I always remember her best as the next-door neighbor to uh, George and Gracie on the Burns and Allen show. At any rate, she's Mrs. Uppington. We also have a visit from Gail Gordon as Mayor Latrivia. Arthur Q. Bryan makes an appearance as uh, Doc Gamble. And uh, in this case, Bill Thompson shows up as Mr. Wimple. So let's go back to January 15, 1945 for Fibber McGee and Molly. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax products for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, aided and abetted by Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, B. Benaderet, and yours truly, Hannah Wilcox. The writing is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie, the music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. And back with us tonight, after three years in the Navy, Bill Thompson as Wallace Wimple. When Mrs. McGee of 79 Westville Vista sent her husband to the library for some reference books on raising cinerarias, she might have known he'd come home with two volumes on the history of baseball, one on big game hunting in New Zealand, and three murder mysteries, one of which he is reading now as we meet Fibber McGee and Molly. You mean you didn't get me that book on cinerarias, McGee? They didn't have one. The librarian and I spent 45 minutes looking through the list, and it didn't have a single book about cinnamonarians. Cinerarians? Yeah, that's what I says. Cinnamonarians. <laughs> she asked me, what are they? And I says, flowers. That was correct. And then she says, how do you spell it? And I seen she had me, so I took these books and scrams. <laughs> you love these murder mysteries. You know, one of these days I'm going to write a murder story, and it'll be autobiographical. What do you mean? It'll be entitled... That wasn't the book she wanted, and that wasn't sugar on his Wheaties. Oh. Oh. Well, my gosh, when a guy runs into an ignorant librarian who don't even know a cinemastertium... Is... Cineraria. Yeah. When you run into an ignorama like that... Ignoramus. This was a woman. <laughs> Takes a feminine suffix when used as a subjunctive. Ah. Uh-huh. When you run into an ignorama like that, what can you do? Well, now, don't expect me to read those murder stories. They give me the twitches. Ah, but uh, you got to remember, it's just fiction. Personally, I'm, I'm used to them. Boris Karloff could creep into this room right now, dragging seven dead bodies, and I'd never... Yes! What was that? What? Something just crawled across my foot. Oh, that was just my ball of yarn, dearie. Mm. Rolled off my lap. Oh. 
All that effort for that. <laughs> the reason I jumped was on account of this story is pretty gory. It's by far the best of the three I got. You mean you've read all three of those mysteries since you got home? Certainly. It's a cinch with my system. I just read the first three pages and the last three pages. That tells you who got killed and who done it. <laughs> That's all you want to know in the first place. <laughs> That stuff in between is a shameful waste of paper, then, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. I suppose some people read all that padding. They did in this one, anyway. There's a loose page right here in the middle that... That what? It ain't a loose page. It's a map. Somebody left a map in here. A map of what? I don't know. It looks like it might be a... Oh, my gosh. Molly. It's a treasure map. Look at... Uh, tear it up, dearie. Huh? Tear it up. With taxes the way they are, we can't afford to find any treasure. <laughs> no kidding. This is real. You see here? It says, due north from old mineral well, 200 paces. Strike line from loose rock and stone wall to foot of old oak. Then there's a big X, and it says, treasure buried here. Where? Right here in Wistful Vista. I know exactly where that old mineral well is, and the stone wall, too. Oh, but, McGee, who would bury a treasure in Wistful Vista? Hmm? The only pirate who ever operated around here is Alderman McClatchy. Well, there was plenty of stagecoach holdups around here in the old days, kiddo, and plenty of bank robberies, too. Oh, boy. Imagine me walking into the Elks tomorrow and paying my dues with a handful of uncut emeralds. Huh? Just the same, dearie. I don't think... Oh, oh, no, no, no. Not a word about this map, baby. This may mean life or death if the word gets out. Compared to me, sweetheart, an oyster is positively gabby. I can close up like a General Motors sales room. <laughs> if anybody knows we're on the trail of a treasure... Come in. How do you do, Mrs. Carstairs? Do come in. Thank you, my dear. Good afternoon, Mr. McGee. Hi, Carstairs. Just the gal I wanted to see. Look, isn't there an old mineral well just west of your property? Yes, but it's really on my property, Mr. McGee, oh. and the well is no longer in use. Run dry, Millicent? Oh, no, but the water was only good to cure rheumatism and arthritis, and neither Mr. Carstairs nor I had trouble that way, so we had it shut off. Well, why don't you cut down all your trees, too? Neither of you care for robin's eggs. Don't be rude, McGee. Oh, that's quite all right, my dear. You see, Mr. Carstairs loves to watch our feathered friends through field glasses. He's president of the Wistful Vista Bird Watchers, and why don't people pull down their shades club? <laughs> Interesting hobby. My husband has a very powerful pair of binoculars. Mm -hmm. Last week he saw a purple-breasted chimney lock, a fantail barn jay, and two new nurses at the lying-in hospital. <laughs> <laughs> We've just been talking about some of the local landmarks, Mrs. Carstairs, like your mineral well and the old stone wall and those big oak trees. Oh, yes. Mr. Carstairs inherited the estate from his great-grandfather, Long John Carstairs, who was a pirate with Captain Kidd. Hot diggity, a pirate, eh? Did he, did he bring home any Spanish gold and stuff, Carstairs, huh? Well, so far as we've been able to ascertain, Mr. McGee, the only things he brought home were a severe case of malaria and a parrot whose language is most disturbing. Swears, does he, Millicent? <laughs> Terribly, my dear. Although we have tried to re-educate him with some success. He now says, 15 men on a dead man's chest, yo-ho-ho and a bottle of Pepsi-Cola. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear, they say parrots do live to be hundreds of years old, Karsty. Yes, I'm inclined to think so myself, Mr. McGee. This parrot is always saying things in Italian, like, if I may make a suggestion, Chris, why don't you call it America? Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. Tell Millicent about the bird you had once, McGee. 
You mean Sherman? <laughs> yeah, I had a strange bird once, Karsty. Crossed between a stork and a parrot. Yeah. Used to fly around town and holler down people's chimneys. What did you have, folks, a boy or a girl? <laughs> yeah. Scared the tar out of a lot of people. Got to go, Karsty? Yes, I simply must be going. It's been such a cozy little chat. Good day. You hear what she said, Molly? Carstairs' great-grandfather was a pirate. Don't that make this treasure map look reasonable? Well, after your stork and her parrot, almost anything would look reasonable, dearie. <laughs> but if the treasure's on her property, doesn't it belong to her? No, sir, the law says... Finders, keepers, losers, weepers. It's all ours, baby. We're rich. Go order yourself a mint coat. Uh, buy yourself some pearls, a diamond necklace. Let's Get... go all the way, dearie. Let's call the market and order a half a pound of butter. Billy Mills and the orchestra and the bells of St. Mary's. Shovel, flashlight, shovel, piece of rope, and shovel. What else do I need to dig up a buried treasure? Buried treasure, for one thing. Uh, don't you worry about that, Tootsie. The treasure will be there, all right. Hey, I know what else I need. A pick. A what? A pick. Tooth, ice, or mandolin. <laughs> Plain, big, old Irish pick that you dig holes with. Maybe I should ought to take a black scarf, too, in case I have to put on a mask. Why should you wear a mask? I don't know, but digging up a buried treasure at midnight seems to call for a black mask somehow. Why do you have to wait till midnight? Oh, my gosh, you want the whole town in on this thing? If anybody sees us digging on Carstairs' property, they'll... Come in. Oh, hello there, Dr. Gamble. Do come right in. Good evening, my dear. And how are you, Rover Boy? (laughs) In the pink, Aerosmith. I managed to stay in perfect health simply by ignoring all your advice. <laughs> ah, he's just talking, Doctor. Uh, you know, the minute he uh, gets a tummy ache, he loosens his belt with one hand and reaches for the phone with the other to call you. Yes, I know. To me, his character is an open book, a cheap edition in a bad binding which should have been suppressed at the time of publication. 
Horseradish. As a judge of character, you bulging bag of bedside baloney, you're a total deficit. For instance, can you look at me and deny that I will be a wealthy man in a very short time? Now, careful, McGee, you might... My dear boy, if you'll forgive my using the phrase, as you are neither mine, nor dear, nor a boy, I can take one look at you and say without fear of contradiction that you will be a wealthy man about the same time that I become the premier danseuse of the Monte Carlo Ballet. Okay, fatso, take a look at that. It's a map of buried treasure, Doctor. Uh-huh. Right here in Wistful Vista. McGee's going to dig it up tonight. And if you open your big fat puss about this to a single soul, Capsule Happy, <laughs> I'll personally knock you so flat you can go home in a mailing tube. I ignore your empty threats of violence, wind tunnel, knowing that you couldn't punch your way through a damp cracker. <laughs> And as for digging up a buried treasure, if you find enough Spanish doubloons to buy yourself a plate of tamales, I'll throw myself under the wheels of a passing roller skate. (laughs) However, good luck with it, tumbleweed. Uh, That old septic. He'll look pretty silly when I pay his bill with a rope of pearls. What time is it? Oh, it's early yet, dearie. About 8 o'clock. My gosh, don't the time drag, though. I'm just itching to get busy with that pick and shovel. Hey, wait a minute. Maybe you'd better do the digging while I stand guard with a shotgun. We might get hijacked out of the treasure. You're sweet to do the dangerous work while I have all the fun, dearie. <laughs> but you better do the digging because... Hello, folks. Mind if I come in? Mind if I come in, he says. That's like lightning saying, do you mind if I strike you? <laughs> you are in, Junior. And very welcome, too, Mr. Wilcox. Thanks, Molly. What's the shovel and stuff for, Mac? If you're planning on digging for fishworms, I can tell you right now, the ground is harder than a landlord's heart. Can you keep a secret, Junie? Pal, I'm as close-mouthed as an Armenian's purse. What cooks? Shall I tell him, dearie? Sure, go ahead. And if you pop off about this thing, son, I'll give you the bus driver's curse. What's the bus driver's curse? May you stand on the windy corner and stand and stand and stand while the sleep drives up your pant legs and your nickels freeze in your hand. a fairly vicious thought, sweetheart. Just take a look at this map, Mr. Wilcox. It's a treasure map, and himself here is going to dig it up tonight. You want to go along, Junior? Glad to buy a couple of hours of your time, if you don't mind being paid off in diamonds and rubies. <laughs> no, thanks, Mac. As a matter of fact, I'm going on a little treasure hunt tonight myself. What? You are? Yep. Don't say anything about this, yeah. but do you remember when the Limited was held up just outside of town five years ago? Yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. Well, look, we think we know where the robbers hid the loot, huh? and among it is a hundred containers of Johnson's self-polishing blow coat. Heavenly days, why should anybody steal that? You can buy it almost any place. Yes, but with the war just starting, these bandits thought blow coat would become hard to get, you see. And housewives would pay almost any price for it. Now look, Waxy, that's a pretty far-fetched... And it might have happened, too. Imagine how desperate women might have gotten seeing their kitchen linoleum getting worn and faded, making their housework mere drudgery. And their homes look shabby and uncared for. Yeah, but what that get to do? They didn't realize they'd still <laughs> be able to get their Johnson self-polishing glow coat and keep their kitchen sparkling and fresh as always. Yeah, but what that Making housework is a <laughs> Because a glow-coated linoleum is so easy to keep clean, lasts so much longer, and gives that proof of immaculate housekeeping. Yeah. Say, uh, 
Are you sure this treasure map is authentic? Well, McGee thinks it is, Mr. Wilcox. He thinks it's an old pirate map. Well, if you've got time, I could show it to my cousin, Big Pegleg Wilcox. He used to be a pirate. Gee, really, Junior? On the Spanish main? No, in Pittsburgh. He played third base. <laughs> Let me know if you want him to check it for you. So long now. McGee, uh, did you ever stop to realize that Mr. Wilcox almost always mentions Johnson's glow coat or Johnson's wax? Mentions it? He beats you over the skull with it. That guy's about as subtle as a garlic sandwich. Hey, remind me to wear my basketball shoes tonight. I want to walk pretty quiet. You know where they are, my basketball shoes? You told me to give them away, dearie. Hmm? You said the shoemaker had resold them with truck rubber and you kept walking through puddles and splashing people. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Well, I'll wear my bowling shoes. They got rubber soles. And... Come in. Oh, for goodness sakes. Hello, Mr. Mayor. Hi, Latrivia, old man. I'm glad to see you. Come on in. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Hello, McGee. I was just passing by on my evening constitutional and I thought I'd... Well, what's this? Going to sink a well, McGee? Or uh, going out to dig for buried treasure? <laughs> Did I uh, say something wrong? No, you just hit the nail on the cuticle, Your Honor. You guessed it, so I might as well tell you, Latrive. We are going to dig up some buried treasure. No. Yes. Indeed. Here's the map, Mr. Mayor. See? Well, this is an interesting document. Ever done any treasure hunting before, McGee? Nope. I have. You have, Mrs. McGee? When, Molly? Every time you get through taking a nap on the Davenport. Huh? <laughs> I've dug under the cushions and come up with as much as 64 cents. <laughs> well, give it to me. I, uh, <clears throat> I had an interesting experience with that sort of thing once when I lived in New Orleans. I had a little cat boat and I used to sail through the bayou. Take her with you all the time, Latrivia? Take whom? Your cat. I didn't have a cat. The idea of having a cat boat, then. <laughs> Passenger boats carry passengers. Cattle boats carry cattle. Don't cat boats carry cats? Not necessarily, McGee. A cat boat is merely a small sailboat. Well, just the same, it was a little selfish of you not to take her along with you, Mr. Mayor. Even as maybe just a mascot. I tell you, I didn't have any... All right. I had a cat. (laughs) It was her boat. She went with me every place. Now, may I tell my story? (laughs) Sure, Latrivia. Don't let us interrupt. Thank you. Well, one day I left my little home in New Orleans, a Creole colonial house, as I remember it. Uh, What's Creole colonial, Mr. Mayor? Well, it's a rather graceful variation of the Charleston colonial, Mrs. McGee. Narrow pillars, green shutters, high stoop. Hi, Latrivia. How have you been? (laughs) Fine. And you? Splendid. Nice to have seen you again. Good day. And here are the King's Man singing Hubba Hubba Hubba. It's always fair weather when hepcats get together. And every time they meet, here's the way you'll hear them greet. Hub, hub, hubba. Hello, Jack. Hub, hub, hubba. I just got back. Hub, hub, hubba. Shoot the breeze. Oh, whatever happened to the Japanese? Hub, hub, hubba. Ain't you hurt? Hub, hub, hubba. I got the word. I got it from a guy who's in the know. It was mighty smoky over Tokyo. A friend of mine in a B-29 dropped him 
Carstairs, time to get good and sound asleep. Say, are you sure this isn't stealing, dearie? Digging up a buried treasure on somebody else's property? Why, certainly it ain't stealing. Buried treasure don't belong to anybody till somebody finds it. And that's me. Now then, have we got everything? Shotgun, rope, shovel, pick, shovel, map, shovel. Who could that be at this late hour? Search me. Come in. Well, for goodness sake. Wallace Wimple. Hello, folks. My, it's nice to see you again, Mr. Wimple. It sure is, Wimp. We didn't know when you'd get in or we'd have met you at the station. Oh, my wife, Sweetie Face, was there, Mr. McGee. Oh. You should have seen our reunion. Pretty emotional, was it? Yes. She really tugged at my heart. Did she really? Yes, but I was lucky. It didn't come loose. (laughs) Incidentally, Wimp, what were you in the Navy? Homesick. Now, uh, he means what was your title or uh, rank or rating or whatever you call it. Well, <laughs> you know you know what they call a sad sack in the Army? Sure. Well, in the Navy, I was known as the droopy ditty bag. <laughs> you see, I was a physical instructor. And... You a physical instructor? Oh, my stars, yes, Mrs. McGee. <laughs> I taught boxing and jujitsu and judo and wrestling and knife fighting and everything. And you know what I'm going to do if Sweetie Face starts picking on me again? What, Wimp? Hide under the porch. (laughs) Ah, you poor lad. I don't suppose it was a very happy homecoming, was it, Mr. Wimple? Oh, I don't know, Mrs. McGee. But it was certainly amusing. The minute Sweetie Face saw me, she just grabbed me up in her arms and started waving my legs up and down. Why, oh, what was that for? Then she threw me down very disgusted and said, What do they mean, bell-bottom trousers? They don't make a sound. Uh, Well, I don't like to be personal, Mr. Wimple, but uh, don't you ever get tired of such treatment? Isn't the worm, if you'll pardon the expression, ever going to turn? Well, yes, I suppose so, one of these days, Mrs. McGee. But I'm really very fond of Sweetie Face. She went for a little ride in the car tonight, and... I locked all the windows shut so she wouldn't get cold. 
My gosh, Wimp, that's a dangerous thing to do. With no ventilation, she might get knocked out with carbon monoxide. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice to see you. Good night, folks. <laughs> ah, poor little Mr. Wimple. What a life he leads. I don't know how the Navy's going to get along without him, but I'll bet it wants to. <clears throat> well, we better get going, kiddo. Now, you bring the pick and shovel... And the rope, that stuff. I'll carry the flashlight on account of I know the way better. Say, hadn't I better bring the piano, too, in case you get tired and want to lean on something? No, no, I can use a tree. You all set. Let's go. Making any progress, McGee? Not much. Wilcox was right. The terror is really firmer tonight. <laughs> what I ought to do is build a fire and soften the ground up. <laughs> Somebody'd see it, dearie. Hmm? And goodness knows I'm nervous enough about being on Carstairs' property like this. Uh, I'll calm her down with a handful of rubies as soon as I get this treasure dug up. <laughs> McGee? <laughs> McGee? Huh? Shh. I think I hear somebody coming. Yeah, it's probably just some little animal. This ground is frozen so hard the rabbits sound like tap dancers. <laughs> Mr. McGee. Huh? Mrs. McGee, may I ask going on here? Heavenly days, Millicent. My gosh, Karsty. Will you please explain, if possible, why you are trespassing on my property? Well, uh, well, you see, Millicent, McGee, uh, McGee found a treasure map in the library. Yeah, and, and I was going to split with you when I got the treasure dug up, Karsty. Yeah. Uh, you know, a frail little woman like you wouldn't want to do any actual digging. Let so... me see your map, Mr. McGee. Okay. Turn the flashlight on my face, Molly. No, she means the treasure map. <laughs> Here, Karsty, you see... It says, due north from old mineral well. I know very well what it says, Mr. McGee. Huh? I made this map myself several months ago and mislaid it. It was to help me remember where to put the flowers. Flowers? Yeah, but look, it says treasure buried here. Of course. Treasure was the name of my pet turtle. Oh, sure. He ate a firefly last October and died of heartburn. <laughs> Heavenly days. What are you looking at, McGee? The audience. Ain't this ridiculous? I just heard the old-timers getting out of the Navy next week. My goodness. Uh -huh. How did an old man like him stay in the Navy this long? He was the old salt they couldn't shake. Oh. <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. This 
is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Products for home and industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. January 15, 1945, that was Bibber, McGee, and Mall. And the name of that one was Buried Treasure Map. And that was originally uh, broadcast, of course, on, on NBC. They were a really a neat couple. When they moved to Hollywood with their show, they, did, they, they bought a house out in the uh, San Fernando Valley, which at that time was farmland. And uh, Jim Jordan actually raised uh, cattle out. And Molly had a, uh, I believe it was a vegetable stain. <laughs> so even though they were one of the most popular couples on radio, one of the most popular radio shows, the listening audiences weekly on Tuesday nights was 10 times what most television shows get today, even very successful television shows. I'm serious, 10 times or more. And yet they could walk down Vine Street in Hollywood and go virtually unrecognized. And that's exactly the way they liked it. Jim and Mary and Jordan, Fibber, McGee, and Mom. Okay, everybody, that is going to slam the lid on Monday, March 29th, 2021. We're going to go out tonight with a little Teresa Brewer with her big hit from 1950. This is Bob Bro. I'm so glad you stopped by. And I am so glad. Mm-hmm.